0: An amazing guest with us today. Her name is Felicia Romero. She is a fitness go-to. She went to Arizona State where she played softball. She has her master's degree in exercise and wellness from the university. She was an eight-time fitness cover model including Oxygen Magazine, Muscle and Fitness Hers, and Flex Magazine. She opened up her first gym at 22 years old and over the years has built and ran gyms until two years ago when she sold it to create more time freedom in her life and built her online business to help people all around the nation. She's had stints on reality TV, local and national TV. Y'all, her story is so rad. She has so much wisdom in the health and wellness industry, so I picked her brain got all the nuggets. She shared her story about gaining 30 pounds on purpose to then lose the weight with her sister on the fit to fat to fit reality show, like just such interesting, intriguing stuff. So grab your notebooks. This is for all the wellness industry coaches, and just any human who wants to be healthier, wants to feel their best, wants to get the nuggets around how to really create lasting change in their life. So let's turn it over to the conversation. All right, Felicia, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have this conversation with you before we, before we dig in to the meat of all the goods, tell us who you are.
1: What's your story? You have an incredible story. So I'm so excited so, for them oh to hear about it. I know. I love this question, but it's so multifaceted because I have, right? I'm going to be 40 this year and I feel like I've lived five lifetimes. Um, <laughs> Of all of these different categories in life from like, you know, college, going to Arizona State and playing softball at Arizona State and like growing up as an athlete to being in college and getting my degree in political science and finally realizing like I don't have any desires to be a lawyer, took my LSAT for law school only to pivot and open up my first gym at 22 to then years of being a gym owner, um, 12 plus years of owning gyms, selling my last gym in 2018 to fitness competitor and competing all around the world as a figure pro and, you know, eight-time fitness cover models. So if you've heard of cover of magazines like Oxygen and Muscle and Fitness Hers and Flex Magazine, like I've been on those covers, um, to, to then like selling all my gyms and now moving to the online space and like really building this business empire online from corporate wellness to then, you know, building, um, you know, online offers and, and to help women in in what I did in fitness to help build their business and not have to trade time for money anymore to reality TV. I was on a lifetime fitness, a lifetime reality show called fit to fat to fit. I was on the second season where I actually had to gain weight intentionally for my sister, who we then lost it together. And she ended up losing 80 pounds in the process. So I have different, a lot of different facets in my life, literally lived five lifetimes. Right. But it's, it's all brought me to this place in my life of just freedom and understanding like, you know, the things that you want in life require some sort of daily action. Right. And so whether it's the bare minimum action, because some we have ebbs and flows in business, like the yeah. bare minimum might be like, hey, I can only return two emails today. And that's all I have in me to some days where I'm like writing chapters in a book and like doing all of the podcasts and have back to back meetings. So I'm all about just really trusting your intuition, pivoting when needed, and not necessarily looking for the outside external things to find happiness, but really finding it within yourself. So that's where I'm at now. And that's how I continue to live my life and also launch the things that I do. So
0: I love it so much. And there's lots of pieces in there that I want to dig into. So first I'm going to just kind of pick your brain a little bit. I feel like you in your five lives that you've lived, I feel like you have so much wisdom that we can learn from. So first of all, what have you learned in regards to you've done the brick and mortar for years and mm-hmm. now you've done the online thing for years. What have you learned from
1: each and what just like what, what's the biggest difference for you? Mm, that's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. So if I were to kind of if I were to pinpoint you know, two things that have really helped me with both in the brick and mortar and in the online, number one is resiliency. Being resilient in entrepreneurship is to know that sometimes the path you go down needs to look different, needs to be restructured. And just because that path didn't work doesn't mean that you're a failure, right? So, like if I were to look at the brick and mortar, it's a different kind of business model, it's a different kind of market versus the online, right? So, if I were to break down the business model of a brick and mortar, I have, I had an exuberant amount of overhead, right? Like just an overhead alone, hard costs. I'm, I'm looking at 12,000 a month, right? With payroll and employees and rent and utilities. Whereas the online space, it's going to be fairly low depending on the size of your team or the kind of software stuff that you use. But generally, typically it's going to be a lot lower, right? Yeah. Um, but even in like the the market, so learning how to, you know, how to manage, how to hire and fire and how to really work within your five to 10 mile radius. Whereas in the online, you have the world, right? Yeah. Like you really do. And the way that we show up and the way that we market is going to be quite different with both. But if I were to like compare the two and really say, you know, what you need in the brick and mortar space or the online space is really a resiliency And working your entrepreneurship muscle and to know and have this trust and knowing that it will work out, that everything you're doing will work out for your highest good, um, you know, and you have to be able to show up when no one is watching, you have to be able to show up when no one is showing up for your masterclass or you know, engaging with your content. Like you have to continue to show up when those things aren't happening because that will get you to the result that you want. But most people don't make it past that first stage where we've set our expectations so high. You know, we can even relate this back to fitness. You know, like for a lot of women, when I work in the fitness realm for so long, if they're not seeing the results right away, it's not working, I want to give up. And it's because we just set those expectations so high versus just truly being embodied in the journey. And that level of embodiment is what's going to help you enjoy the journey, but also get you to the result. So I yeah.
0: love that so much. I feel like resiliency is, uh, it's like such a fleeting characteristic. I feel like so many people are missing that they want the big things. They want the goals, the dreams, the, all the things. And then they're like, wait a sec. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the hard stuff or the mm-hmm. uncomfy stuff, or the stress, or the inconvenience, or the discipline that it's gonna take. Like, don't sign me up for any of that. Yeah. But I feel like, especially, you did the brick and mortar first, which means you had the investment in it. You had skin in the game, you had the overhead. And I feel like that is also where, when people start in the online space, especially in the network marketing industry, when you you can start for 160 freaking dollars, To start a business. And that's covering what you're actually using on your own health journey. Like, hello. But then people don't have that skin in the game. And they're like, oh, I'll take it or leave it. I'll try a little bit. I'll see what happens. And they have no real, like, oh, let's do this. I'm in it, you know? So I do feel like when you do have that brick and mortar, you're like,
1: you got a reason to show up. (laughs) Are invested. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I often tell people too, like, you know, don't treat don't treat your business like a hobby because then you will have hobby results, right? And if you want to treat it like a hobby, if it is truly a hobby for you and just a passion project, then so be it. But if what you want and versus like what you're actually doing do not match up, that is, you know, that's a form of self-sabotage. You are truly sabotaging yourself towards getting the results that you want. And we're not being truthful with with ourselves. I do believe also to get to that level of, wealth if that is your goal of <clears throat> success whatever that looks like for you it takes a level of radical responsibility and self-trust to know that you are going to continue moving forward and if you have to renavigate or take a different course then you're willing to do that and sit yeah. in that uncomfortableness I often feel too and this is just a pop that literally or an idea that popped in my head is stress because you mentioned stress like no one wants to deal with the stress <clears throat> I feel like stress is also helps in creating the resiliency but also stress is a perspective hmm. right there's all different kinds of of stress right like even if we were to just even take the nervous system and our cortisol we get that bump in our cortisol whenever we feel excited. Right. But we also get a bump in the cortisol whenever we get a scary email, like, Oh, I don't want to read that email. So like your body doesn't know the difference. You get to change how that stress is perceived in your body and how you feel about it. Right. So you get to change the perspective of stress. I can look at my day and say, Oh my gosh, look at my calendar. I have three podcast interviews. Oh, I have to finish that script for this company. And I have to, and I could really get overwhelmed with it versus let me just take it an hour at a time. Let me just focus on this podcast right now and do the best that I can with it. And then when I'm done with that, what do I have next on the docket? Right. And so like, we can change our perspective towards what stress is and, and change the journey for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely.
0: How we see things and perceive things is everything. Like we get to create the story. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest difference for a lot of people who you see try and then stop or versus try and learn and stick with it and be successful eventually is that story that they give the rejection the failure the misstep the all of that stuff that every single one of us go through Mm -hmm. it's just the story that we give it and then the action that we take following that story yeah absolutely i love it
2: you have one unheard message I could really use current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
1: The new super beats hard shoes advanced is now
2: supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit radio beats, and save
1: 15% with promo code deal.
0: Um, what have you found working in the fitness industry? Have you found that women, especially, I feel like this can go one of two ways. One, they can be like, okay, fitness has become my job. Like it is now a bigger part of my life. It's mm-hmm. now a bigger priority. Now I can create consistency around it and they can do better on their health journey. And they can really embody that healthy lifestyle and new habits and a new way of being, Mm -hmm. or they can let kind of, it become a pressure thing of like, I have to look a certain way. I have to be a certain size. I have to portray myself as perfect and have it all together all the time. And then that can like spiral downward real quick. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that to be true in the women that you've worked with or your story or anything like that?
1: Absolutely. hundred percent. And I can even speak from like my personal story with this and being a competitor. So being a figure competitor. So for those, uh, who are listening, who may not know, I was an IFBB figure pro and you know what I want to, so if you may not know what that is, like think Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Olympia, like I competed at the Olympia seven years in a row. At one point I was top four in the world. And amazing. like fitness became a job for me. Like mm-hmm. I defined myself by how I looked physically. I compared myself to others. I also, um, you know, adhered to diet culture and what what the rules and the regulations and what what healthy meant. And if I were to really look back, I was not healthy at all. Right. I might, mu- I may have physically looked healthy, but I actually wasn't healthy from the inside. I had horrible body dysmorphia. I woke up with anxiety. I was depressed. I would freak out if I had a morsel of a cookie. Right. And it's like, that's no way to live. And it isn't until you come out of that and you work on the self-awareness, but also rejecting diet culture to know that it doesn't have to be like, you know, fitness and wealth or, and health is just, is just part of your life. It doesn't have to be your whole life, right? Yeah. And the moment that you can take the pressure off yourself, and oftentimes I feel like women put the pressure on themselves because, well, number one, they're either comparing themselves to other women or they're comparing themselves to their 19-year-old self when before the three babies or the two babies or before life or before yeah. our bodies just grow, right? And so there has to be this level of of, of just like, I am worth more than my body. And, you know, there is more to health than being a certain size. And also, this level of how much life am I missing because. I'm worried about what I'm going to eat at the social function or worried about putting on a little bit of weight. Like I, I found that when I, when I stopped focusing on those things, I stopped focusing on the perfect diet or what I was eating and just really felt into like, how does this food make me feel? What do I enjoy? The weight just falls off. Like when you aren't focused on it, the crazy thing is the body shifts into what it wants to shift into. And we're not fighting it. We're not rejecting it. We're not treating yourself horribly. Like the body will love you back. Right. And so it's sort of this remembering and this like level of embodiment within yourself of, of that you are enough, no matter what size. Right. And I often say too, and I'm sure you've probably seen that quote, like if you can't love yourself at a size 16, 18, whatever, whatever that is, then you're probably not going to love yourself at a size four, six, eight. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that again, going back to external forces, if you're always looking for the out to make yourself happy, it it really, you're never going to be happy. Right. So yeah.
0: Totally. Amen. Hallelujah. Just preach it. (laughs) Totally. I feel like when I get messages from women who are like, stressing about the scale going up or stressing about this and that. I'm like, oh, you're missing the entire point of why you're doing this. Like Mm -hmm. it's gotta be so much deeper. And when it can become a deeper purpose, it becomes so much easier to show up and to eat eat the good food because it's fueling your body, feeling well over looking lean and being skinny and losing five pounds and all of that stuff that is so surface level Mm -hmm. that stuff is hard to show up for because it's not really what you want. It's not really what you want. And so when you really can unpack and really dig, dig into what do I truly want? How do I want to feel? What do I want to see when I look in the mirror? Not just a size, but confidence and beauty and, Uh and just ease and all of those things. When you can get clear on those things, the actions and the behaviors and the habits, are so much easier to align with that versus yeah.
1: numbers, right? You hit it on the head. It really comes down to small baby steps that lead to behavioral change, right? Yeah. It's not the, the next diet. I promise you, if you're listening to this right now and you are like in search of the next perfect diet or like you're telling yourself like, oh, I just need to, you know, omit all carbs for this month. Cause then once I do, and I'm going to get to a certain place, then I'll be happy. I promise you, once you get there, it will not, be the end all be all right Absolutely. so the next diet isn't your answer it's like finding joy in the small daily behavioral changes that are going to get you to the big change and the big results
0: taking a quick tv type out to make sure that you guys know that i have some free goodies for you so as a listener i just want to show my appreciation and thank you so much for showing up weekly to hear from the guests that we have to take just all of these nuggets away and apply them into your life. I want to celebrate you. And in order to do that, I also want to make sure that you're getting value that is relevant to where you're at in your life. So in order to get the freebies, go to Micah Folsom com slash D Y C for do your crap. Micah slash D Y C. And you can put in your email there and get access to the goodies. You will get a 50% off promo code to any of my mini workshops, and you will also get a freebie depending on what you want, whether you're a mom that wants to experience more joy in life, that needs help on her health journey, wants tips and nuggets and value and motivation, whether you're a business owner that's trying to work through some mindset stuff and feel confident in what you have and how you want to serve, or whether you're in the network marketing space and you really want to gain confidence around recruiting, around onboarding, around mentoring your team, I have a free goodie for you. So make sure you go to that link, grab it, And that will also get you access to my weekly emails where I send inspiration, motivation, nuggets, value, things that I'm learning, things that I'm teaching. And I just want to be that voice in your back pocket that on the weeks that are hard, on the weeks that you're just not feeling it, maybe that email pops through and you go, "Okay, thanks, Micah. I got this. Thanks for the reminder. That is what my weekly emails are for, because we all need that positive voice that we should carry around with us everywhere. So go get on the list, go grab your freebie and let's get back to the show. Absolutely. I love that so much. What did you learn? I'm super interested in this. What did you learn from the fit to fat to fit to like experience that tell us about that first. That's amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So back in 2018, I was casted for a reality show called Fit to Fat to Fit. Many of you guys know who Drew Manning is. Um, Drew Manning is a good friend of mine. He's like the Fit to Fat to Fit creator. And he had reached out along with a producer. um, And the producer of the show was actually side side note, side story. He was um, one of the producers for Naked and Afraid. Many of you guys have ever watched that. And he literally shared with us, like, that was a real show. Like, they were really out in the middle of nowhere. And he was bit by one of the most venomous snakes in the world. Like, top five most venomous snakes bit him in the leg. And when I met him, he was literally missing half of his calf. Like, his whole, they had to, like, cut a chunk out because of the <laughs> snake, right? Um, side note, that I, I just think that's so crazy, you know, that that, that is nice. Um, But- but yeah, so I was casted for this reality show, and at first when they had reached out, I had rejected it because um, it was just, you know, hey, Felicia, you have to put on weight. You, the trainer, has a client. You put on a weight for your client, so you, you know, adopt their habits and their mindset, you know, the things that they're doing to get them to that place, and you have to put on a certain amount of weight per your body weight, depending on what their weight was. Right. So I was like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Like that (laughs) healing to me. And then a little time passed and they had reached out again and said, actually, we changed the premise of the show. It's going to be, um, and this was season two. The first season was like a trainer and a stranger. The second season was the trainer and actually someone that you love, you know? So, um, they had, they had kind of pitched this idea and, my sister actually struggled with her weight and, you know, being the trainer in the family, you know, I, I always, you know, tried to help and, you know, it's family and I never want to step on toes. And I, I really feel like it has to be someone's journey and their choice to want to use health. And, um, naturally I was like, wow, okay. So my sister would be a part of this and we'd be going through this together. And that changed the dynamic a little bit. So then I said, yes. And, uh, we started and embarked on this eight month journey Um, so basically the first four months of the filming, so they moved a film crew out to Arizona. They lived like, you know, a couple miles from my house. And so the first four months of filming was me actually gaining the weight. So they wanted me to gain 40 pounds. Um, I actually ended up gaining around 30 and I had to adopt all of the habits of my sister, um, who sat at a desk job, who ate fast food three times a day and didn't really move. So that's what I had to adopt, which was really tough. Cause like a couple weeks in, and when I remember I started the filming, cause they they would monitor me through this watch. They're like, Felicia, you're moving too much. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I owned a gym at the time. So like I taught classes. So I literally had to sit and teach class. So like, you have to do what your sister does all day. Like naturally I just move quite a bit during my day. And so um, that was, you know, different. Um, Also, you would think that you would put on weight fairly quickly if you're eating that sort of way, very gluttonous, Um, it was hard. I put on the first 10 pounds fairly quickly. So 10 pounds came on like that, but then to gain the extra 20 was really difficult. more difficult than I ever thought it was going to be. Um, I would say the number one thing I learned from that process. Now we ended up the last four months, we get to lose it together. So we get to train together and she actually ended up. And so her process was the whole eight months she gets to lose, but the last four months we get to do it together. And um, she lost 80 pounds, which was fantastic. She's kept it off. Like her quality of life is totally different. So it was well worth it. Would never do it again. But the thing I did learn from that is health is, your greatest investment, like your health, the way you feel. And as we know, even coming through the last two years of what's been going on in the world, is you know, your health is so important mm-hmm. and your health is so much more than how you look physically after coming off of that. And like it, it, the, the, the weight didn't even affect me putting on 30 pounds because I knew I could lose it. It was the mental aspect. It was what exercise did for me, it helped my anxiety, it helped me, you know, uh, like feel good, like it just it helps keep me focused, when I didn't have that, and I couldn't move my body, and I was eating those foods like everything shifted my estrogen increased, my testosterone decreased, my cortisol went up. Like when your hormones start to shift inside of you, you become a different human. You respond yeah. to things differently, you operate differently in your day. You become I was unmotivated. Um I was depressed, I started developing anxiety again. Like it was just this this very noticeable shift that was beyond just the physical, you know? And so I realized like your health is your greatest investment and I will never take my health for granted. Like anytime I have any sort of gratitude practices, I have my journals here, or anytime I'm in sort of like gratitude, you know, circles, it's health is always on that list because I know what it's like to not have the health and what it's like to not feel that. And so, yeah, that was the biggest, I would say like lesson that I learned in that,
0: what an incredible experience. Like I can't even,
1: oh geez,
0: to be like, okay, let's go gain on purpose 30 to 40 pounds. That would be like a, ah, yeah. <laughs> but it really is like how, how soon into that journey did you start to notice just the mental shifts, the,
2: Mm. just your
0: energy, your, how you felt like all of that, how
1: long did it take into that to really be like, Holy Mm. moly, like this is. Oh, that's a good question. I would say probably into the second and third month is when it really started to hit me and I felt a noticeable shift within me and it was the anxiety and the depression. Um, And the crazy thing is, and I've talked about this before, I remember when they gave me the green light to say, all right, Felicia, like your four months is up. You can now lose the weight. It took me a little bit. Like you would think that like, oh, right. When they gave me the green light, I'd be like at the gym, changing my diet, like doing all the things. I'm like not eating fast food anymore. I would drive home from the gym that I owned and I would drive home. And I like, okay, well, I'm going to eat McDonald's just one more time like literally one more time, like I can do this. And so like, it wasn't until I was after they gave me the green light where I was finally like, I'm ready. That was odd for me. Um, and the getting comfortable being lazy. So, and what I mean by that is like not having so, so like You know, being on the move all the time, like even when I would come home, I never really watched, I watched some Netflix, like I I like watching TV shows and things like that, but I never just sat there and watched, you know, binge watched on the weekends. It got incredibly easy to not move. And so when I'd get home, I just wanted to sit on the couch. And the weekends, I just wanted to sit on the couch. And so, like, let me just think about the average person right now, in like maybe my sister, that. You know, and and the thing is, like I've always been an active person, so I may have it a little bit easier. I may have a little bit more privilege than others because it's always been a part of my life. Think about the person who that's never really been a part of their life. So even the thought of like putting their shoes on and going for a walk feels very really hard for them. Mm-hmm. I get that now, and so you know the whole like, hey, just put on your shoes and go outside and do this and and take a walk and it's harder than, than, than you think. Right. And then now think about that person who is 80 pounds overweight or hundred pounds overweight and the pain that they feel in their body and the way their, their legs are hurting and they're not used to that pain. And that is like a whole nother level of just awareness as a trainer and as a fitness coach, like it isn't just that easy, you know? And so it's, it's like that also came through as well. I think that's so powerful and
0: even such a beautiful reminder to the fitness coach out there who is on their journey, losing hundred pounds, losing 80 pounds, losing 50 pounds. I hear so many times I can't coach someone because I still have so much weight to lose, mm-hmm. but it's like, but the people that you will connect with and relate to and will need you on their path won't listen to me or won't hear Felicia. They won't even look at like what's going on. They need your story. They need your example. They need your triumphs and your struggles and all the things. And that's just, that's why it's such a powerful situation. Like the whole online space where so many different body shapes and sizes and our coaching and our examples and are our, our doing incredible things and making
1: huge impact because people need it all. 100%. And I'm so grateful for that experience. And like you said, that, that coach online, you know, and that's where that, you know, imposter syndrome comes in and like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't look this way. Oh my goodness. You yeah, That can be furthest from the truth, your story, your relatability factor, your, you are the inspiration for that potential person. Who's just needing your voice, needing yeah. your insight, needing your story to say, wow, this is possible. This person is getting up and doing the thing. I can do this too. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I love it.
0: What would you say working with so many clients over the years? What would you say is the, maybe just the main roadblocks that you see clients coming up against when they're starting their journey, when they're developing the habits, when they're getting into the routine, when they're shifting their mindset, what have you found are the biggest roadblocks and on the other side of that, what have you found that, that helps people stay on the path instead of Mm -hmm. getting discouraged
1: and then reverting back to old ways? Yeah. The biggest roadblock I would say is definitely the mindset piece in terms of the all in or all out mentality. I feel like there's so many people who think that a health journey is this all in, I got to just, you know, get rid of all the things, all the carbs go all in seven days a week. And that's really, I think with that mindset's really going to set you up for failure because what happens when you have a bad day, what happens when you didn't eat, perfectly in your head, um, it throws us off, which is why we have a society of yo-yo dieters of jumping on the next thing, jumping on the next thing. And that's why I often say your next diet is not going to be the thing that gets you to your place. So it's in the daily mundane things, the behavioral changes that must happen. It's the daily, the small daily habits. And it, it really is that, that simple, the habits that we add into our day. So, you know, when we really take out the I need to lose weight. I need to lose 20 pounds in three months, or I need to lose 50 pounds in six months or whatever that is. Like, can we just break that down into mini chunks and really just focus on what you have to do this week or today? or, you know, right now. So if we can break it down and just really stop and enjoy the journey, break down those habits into small daily habits and work on our behavior and a level of self awareness that's also going to get you to that next level. For instance, you know, if you have the chocolate chip cookie, but in your head you tell yourself the chocolate chip cookie is bad. The moment that we attach any sort of moral value to food, it knocks us off track. Because guess what? You're at a function. You have some pizza. What are you thinking? You're having the guilt and shame of like, oh no, I shouldn't have had that. The guilt and shame is going to do more damage than the slice of pizza will ever do. Right? So it's it's really that level of just like all right, well, I did that. I'm aware of that. I can move on. I can, you know, make better choices tomorrow. Um, You know, that's not going to do any damage, but what will do damage is, Hey, I had the slice of pizza. I'm throwing all my goals out the window. I'm just going to eat what I want tonight. And then you end up having six more slices Mm -hmm. that will do more damage than just having the slice of pizza. So it's really examining your behavior. It's really comes. And what I just explained there is just those behavioral shifts that need to happen. Right. So yeah, the roadblock or the obstacle is setting your sights too high and having the all in or all out mentality.
0: I love that. I think so many people are they're oh uh, They're searching for the quick fix. They're searching for the exact meal plan. Tell me what to do. Duh, 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 duh. But it's like, you don't need a meal plan. You need a thought plan. Like you need to know how you're going to think in this situation, how you're going to go through this, this roadblock, how you're going to get through that social event, how you're going to enjoy the process. Like when you can shift your thoughts around the thing you're doing, the thing you're doing will shift along with it. And you, I think that's, uh, that's too, it's like, that's why fitness and business in my brain. And when I say fitness, I mean, your wellness industry, fitness, nutrition, mindset that is so parallel to business because it really is. It's just a growth journey. It's really taking on a, getting on a path that allows you to evolve and grow and learn. And if you just focus on that big goal that feels so far off Mm -hmm. and you see this whole big old gap that's sitting between where you are now and where you want to go, that's what keeps you stuck and paralyzed and not taking the action. But if like Felicia said, if you focus on that, the baby steps, the little actions every single day, the little things you can shift and do consistently, Mm -hmm. like there's nothing you can't accomplish when you go about it that way, because you'll stop jumping ship when things get hard or when things get scary or when things get off track or whatever, you'll just stay the path. And that really is what it takes Mm -hmm.
1: and really reject really also take note of your low vibe feelings so the low vibe feelings that pop up when you're on your health journey may be guilt maybe shame maybe judging yourself maybe not giving yourself grace and compassion for whatever's going on and all of those feelings when you operate under those low vibe feelings we we then like we see fitness as this like Uh, like this moral thing. Right. And so like, it doesn't have to be that way. Can we then just be curious about those thoughts? For instance, I used to binge eat. I was a binge eater, like literally could eat everything in the kitchen sink. And when I finally examined like why I was binge eating, it was so much more than the food. It was just this level of, of control. I knew that I had spent years of, um, being very restrictive and like in my head, I couldn't ever have these things. There were so many rules, so many regulations. And the moment that I started to heal that I went to therapy and I did a lot of, um, you know, exposure therapy with food and things like that. And so when I went through that, I realized the more that I had any sort of moral code to food, the more that I wanted it. It was like this taboo thing. So when I started my road to healing and really stopped dieting, I realized, and a lot of people, and this is why I, I had programs all about intuitive eating and things like that. A lot of clients would say, well, Felicia, if I intuitively ate, I would eat donuts all the time. And I'm like, actually, you wouldn't, you know, you, you wouldn't at all. Um, you think that you would, and you may in the beginning, again, examine it, no judgment if you have the donut, but the more that you, you detach from that, you'll realize you're going to gravitate towards the foods that make you feel good. And usually those are the foods that are healthier that, you know, that, you know, don't make you crash after eating it. I know if I have a long day, probably not going to eat donuts in the morning, but are donuts bad? No. If I wanted a donut, could I have it? Am I an adult and I could eat whatever <laughs> I want? Yes, absolutely. So it's like, you, there's this level, there's a shift that needs to happen. So the more that we can break ourselves out of those low vibe feelings around wellness, like the judgment, the lack of compassion, the guilt, the shame, the more you're going to realize that you are human and you're going to start gravitating towards those things that make you feel good.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. I get messages every once in a while. that are like, I hate when people talk about intuitive eating, because I feel like if you actually ate what your body wanted, you would just eat junk. And Mm -hmm. same, my same response is always "No, no, 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 no. If you're really listening to your body, not just listening to like your emotions of what you feel like in that moment, because you want whatever you want to, Accomplish a certain desire, Mm -hmm. you will gravitate towards the foods that are like truly fuel for for your body, and you you do feel good. Yes, you'll probably have the cookie, and yes, you'll probably have the thing here and there, but way less than you would if you put so much weight on that. Like it really is that control. And I think that's where a lot of women do turn to food because they feel lack of control in a relationship or in their career or in motherhood. How many moms go into the pantry at 5 PM because they're about to lose their shiz because they have no control over what's going on in the house. And they're just like, let's just eat the things. Cause this is something that's me, myself and I.
1: Yeah. And it's a form of self-soothing. So I find that a lot of people self-soothe with food or yeah. self-soothe with online shopping or self-soothe with some sort of addiction. It's like this level of self-soothing. And so the moment you can realize like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Can we get to the root cause of that thing? Like it's more than the food. It's more than the online shopping. It's more than the addiction. There's something else there that needs to be healed. And you know, you have to be willing and open to want to get curious into what that is. Sort of like functional medicine, right? Functional medicine, we're getting to the root cause of why this is happening, okay? So, oh, why am I bloated? Or why do I have these gut issues? Well, let's figure it out. Let's get to the root cause of why your thyroid is shutting down or why your adrenals are shutting down or why your hormones are wacky. There usually is something deeper that's happening. And so it's, it's sort of like getting to the root cause of that. Love it. Absolutely. And when you do get to that root,
0: all of the symptoms and all of the things that you're trying to control right now that you feel like you can't, Mm -hmm. they will likely go away. They'll likely heal themselves. They'll likely not be an issue anymore because you actually took care of the thing that was the driving force.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: (sighs) I love it. I could pick your brain all day. I know you have another thing to jump on, but Felicia, where can people- connect with you? Where can
1: they see what you're about? Follow you, all the things. Yes. I hang out a ton on Instagram. So at Felicia Romero, um, my website, feliciaromero.com. If you want to connect with me, I have a podcast called the high Felicia podcast, um, where I have these kinds of conversations, but I also rebranded late last year. So it used to be all about diet and exercise. It's called the diet dropout. I rebranded it to High Felicia cuz I wanted to expand and talk all things empowerment, relationships. I mean, I have episodes on there about me being a stepmom, so I wanted to just be able to have broader conversations. Um, yeah. So you can just find me over there at Felicia Romero and, um, super accessible through DM and all the things. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Felicia, you're amazing. Your story's incredible. I'm like when I was reading through your bio and things, I'm like, holy crap, this girl has been through so much and done so much in her life. So cool. So thank you for letting us pick your brain and for sharing your wisdom y'all. If you resonated with any of this or you found value, make sure you tag her at Felicia Romero tag me at Micah Folsom fit share your favorite nuggets that you got today and go follow her go chat with her um she's obviously full of so much wisdom and light so we always need those types of people in our life all right you guys we will see you back here in another week bye felicia oh, wow. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams. Because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.